how are you all doing? It's so nice to see you in person, see you outside. Who's happy to be here outside this morning? It is so nice. I have been really wanting to do an outdoor service just to, I feel like it feels informal. It feels like a picnic. We're just able to spend some time together and, and have some conversations about, about God. So I'm really happy to be here with you all. So thankful the rain has held off. Uh, if I preach too long, it'll probably start raining. So I will, I will try to keep it to a good time. So this morning, I would like to talk about, we're going to start a new three-week series, and it's called The Conversations with God. So over the few, next few weeks, I want to talk about a few different aspects of prayer. Uh, as At Trinity, we are a house of prayer. That's one of our pillars, right? And I hope that over the next three weeks that we can kind of recenter ourselves back to prayer and um, actually it, the things we learn, actually put them into practice as well. So, so that's my, my hope over the next three weeks. So let's start off by praying together. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for your love for us. And we thank you for your word, Lord, that guides us, leads us, and uh, that is in us. Lord, we welcome your presence here at our gathering and our hearts just long to become more like you, Jesus, and to uh, learn from the things you spoke and to put them into practice. So, Lord, I just pray that our hearts would be open to the things you desire for us, that our hearts would be willing to turn and follow you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, D.L. Moody is an author, and he says, Every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. And I think, he's, I think he's very right. If you look at any of the, the big revivals in history or any of the, the big movements in Christian history, you often find that they start with a small group of people that get together and pray. They often start in uh, like the prayer portable, a prayer room. And if you've been at Trinity for a while, you know that uh, some of our most powerful moments together have happened right in this portable right here. I know some of my most powerful moments with the Lord have been here in our prayer portable as we pray together. And so as a church, we want to make everything that we do flow out of prayer because prayer is the time when we commune with God. It's when we pr present our requests to him. And it's also when we come to learn what he desires for us. We come to hear his voice. So I hope, I hope over the next few weeks, we can actually become more effective in our prayers. We don't, I think we don't often think about growing in the effectiveness of, of our prayers, but the scriptures talk about this, that we can become more effective in the way we pray. So I want to start out by asking you, who here believes that prayer is important? <laughs> yes. Anyone who didn't raise their hand, I'm looking for you. Yes, we all feel that prayer is important. We all believe that. Now, who here feels that they should probably pray more than they do right now, than they currently do? Yes, you all. Whoever didn't put your hand up, you're, you're lying. Yes, we, I think this is one of these elephants in the room of prayer, that we all believe prayer is important. In our minds, we all believe this is something we should do. We're actually coming into God's presence, the God who created everything. But then our actions don't always line up. We, there's something about it that it doesn't sink into our actions. So I think, I think part of this has to do with the fact that prayer is a little bit unnatural for us. 
we we as we grow up we learn to communicate in the physical realm right we we learn that these certain sounds we make with our mouth mean certain things and we learn that if someone comes up to us like this they're probably going to punch us in the face because we learn this by experience and when we become a christian we have to learn how to how to communicate in the spiritual realm through our spirits so this is something that we have to learn how to do it's not something that we just naturally know how to do so i want to just say that to say that prayer is a learning journey we can learn how to pray pray better we can learn how to hear god's voice more clearly um, so don't don't feel too guilty if you're if you feel like i really need to pray more i don't want us to be led to prayer out of guilt but um but i really want us to see that prayer is god's heart for us and prayer actually makes a difference in the world so today there's so many different aspects of prayer um, there's lots of different kinds of prayer but today i want to talk about asking prayer is what i call it some people call this intercessory prayer uh, it's basically when we just come to god and we ask him for things we have requests that we ask of him and this is very normal for us to pray like this i think most of us when we say i'm going to go pray we think about this kind of prayer where we're asking god for something like maybe we're asking for the leafs to win the stanley cup which is god hasn't answered that one he hasn't said yes to that one <laughs> or praying for the montreal canadians to lose that's a good prayer a good good prayer sorry brian Thiessen. Um, sounds like i have a very shallow prayer life <laughs> um, but these this is the kind of prayer i think most of us are are used to so let's just take a look at a passage um, in john 15 if you have your bibles and this passage is where jesus uh, one of the times when jesus mentions this kind of asking prayer so john 15 john 15 verse 5 to 17 so here jesus says i am the vine and you are the branches if you remain in me and i in you you will bear much fruit and apart from me you can do nothing if you do not remain in me you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you this is to my father's glory okay here we go uh, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples and as the father has loved me so i have loved you now remain in my love if you keep my commands you will remain in my love just as i has kept the i have kept the father's commands and remain in his love i have told you this so that your joy may be complete in you and that your joy oh sorry that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete my command is this love each other as i have loved you greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends you are my friends if you do what i command i no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business instead i have called you friends for everything that i have learned from my father i have made known to you you did not choose me but i chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name the father will give you this is my command 
love each other. What do you, is there anything that jumps out to you as we read that passage? Do you notice anything that the Spirit is pointing out to you in that passage? Anything as we read that, that you think, oh, yeah, right? Love one another? Yeah. Can you speak a little louder? Feed my sheep, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan's saying, for those on Zoom, Ryan's saying uh, what really stood out to him was the love one another and how Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. And this is um, part of our calling, right, as Christians to love one another. Remain in Jesus, yeah. Yes, we have a part to play in this. We are to follow his commandments. I think that's a big, that's a big important piece that Jesus has given us something to do. And he's called us into that. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Anything jump out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, Andrew was saying that we while we we are given a command and things to do we can't do anything on our own it's all through jesus and that's yeah that's right on yeah great yeah if yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, whatever we, because we are bound within Christ, because if we are in him, then whatever we ask, we will receive. It's kind of that if, right? If we remain in him. Yeah, those are all great points. Great points. Uh, yeah, that similar thing, Charlotte, is what stood out to me. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. There's, there's a lot, there's actually quite a few verses in scripture that talk about asking the Lord. Mark says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Matthew 18 says, if two of you agree on anything that they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matthew 7 verse 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you. So there's lots of verses where Jesus says, I want you to come to God and ask him for things. Uh, God wants you to come and ask for things. So that's my first point is that God actually wants us to ask for things. That may seem obvious, but I think we often don't pray as if, we, as if God actually wants us to come to him. And he wants us to bear fruit by answering our prayers. Um, it, the verse kind of says, it brings God glory when we pray and the world is changed as a result. It actually brings God glory when we, we pray through Jesus and the world is changed. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty crazy. That's, it's pretty cool that God set up the world that way, that he actually desires that we participate in it. And later on in John 16, it says, ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So he's saying, when prayer is answered, we will experience joy as well. 
And I know many of you have had the Lord um, answer your prayers in very powerful ways. And it totally transforms your life and brings you this deep joy. I think there's times when we don't often grasp this. Have you ever prayed and thought, I'm not sure the Lord's going to actually answer this one. This is going out on a limb. Yes, you've prayed that. I know you've prayed that. <laughs> We've all prayed like that. I think we, sometimes we just pray without expecting anything to happen. I remember I was out a while ago with a friend and we were, we met this Christian guy and we went up to him and we said, is there anything we can pray for you? And he said, oh yeah, actually my eye is, has really been bothering me. Could you pray for my eye? And so we said, sure. So we, we prayed healing over his eye. And then after we were done, we said, okay, do you know, did you notice any difference? Does your eye feel any better? And he laughed. He, he laughed at that question. And this, this was a Christian guy who laughed and said, you, like, I was thinking, like, did you know what we just did? We just asked God to heal your eye. And I think that was a striking moment for me because I know I've prayed like that before. I know in my past I've prayed and I have no expectation that anything's going to happen. And, but it was really enlightening to me that uh, that moment um, just stood out as, as this was a key indication that, that we did not, or this man did not quite expect that God was going to answer this prayer. Um, yeah. So, so I think, I think I've often been guilty of praying like this with, with this lack of faith. And so I actually want to suggest something for us and challenge us as a body at Trinity. I want to challenge you that when we pray together, I want you to follow up and ask the follow-up question. It doesn't have to be right away. If, if you pray for healing for someone, I want you to ask and say, Did you, do you feel any better? Do you feel that your pain is gone? Or if you pray for something else, if you pray maybe that you've been struggling with anger and you pray for someone that their anger would go away, um, ask them next week and say, did, are you, did you feel better this week? Were you not as angry this week? This kind of question can be very powerful and it can be very scary because it puts us out on a limb. And just like we asked this guy, is your eye feeling any better? And he said, no, uh, that made us feel kind of like, okay. I went out on a limb and it didn't happen. And, and it was kind of, um, I don't know the word, but you go out on a limb when you ask this question. But I don't know any other way that we can challenge ourselves to grow in our faith and grow in our trust of God. If we just pray and then we don't follow it up, we're just throwing things out there and we're not clinging to our prayers and holding on to them. So I, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge all of us when we come to pray together when we come to pray on Wednesday nights together, we're going to pray uh, the things that people bring and we're going to follow up and we're going to ask, did God answer your prayer with a yes? So that's my challenge to you this week and continuing on past this week. It's a challenge to myself as well. So we're in this together. Um, I think if we do this and we find that none of, our none of our prayers are being answered with a yes, then we have a problem. We have a problem because Jesus says, ask and you will receive. If you remain in me, you ask and God will grant it for you. And he says this multiple times. So if we find that our prayers are not being answered with a yes, there's a problem. And we're going to figure it out together. 
um, I put together a list of some scriptures that talk about why sometimes our prayers are not answered. And I'm going to send this out to you this week. And I encourage you to study it over and study the passages and let them sink into your prayer life. So one of the big reasons, uh, there's many different reasons, but the one big reason that um, our prayers are sometimes not answered has to do with praying within the will of God. And this is what this verse talks about here in John. Uh, this is what Charlotte was saying, that if we remain in him and his words remain in us, then we can ask and we will receive. First uh, John 5 verse 14 also says, and this is the confidence we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, in, or we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests we have asked of him. It's a little bit of a tongue twister at the end there, but uh, we know that God hears us if we ask things that are in his will. So when I say we have to pray within the will of God, I know sometimes we get a little bit mixed up here because sometimes we think, well, I want to pray for healing for you but I don't know if it's God's will. I, maybe I have to go and ask him and then I'll come back. Or sometimes we think, I want to pray that God will overcome this situation, but I'm not sure if it's his will. So uh, maybe I'll go and try to listen and see. And, um, but I don't, I don't think God's will has to do uh, in these verses with this kind of God micromanaging every situation. I think sometimes we think of God like a chess player who's moving all of us around, moving our pieces around. And we say, Lord, I want to go to the left here. Please let me go to the left. And then the Lord says, no, it's my will that you go to the right. And so we just kind of have to figure out, Lord, is it your will that I go to the left or right? Uh, do you see what I'm saying? That this, this kind of thinking actually makes it so that when we ask something, it's not a real genuine ask. So if God is just moving all the pieces and he's micromanaging everything, then if I ask him for something, there's no real point of me asking because it's not a genuine question. It's not a genuine request. So um, to show you this, to show you what God's will is generally talked about, like in scripture, I've listed a few verses here. So pay attention to these verses as I read them and notice when I say the word will or desire and what it means. So first Thessalonians five verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Second Peter three, verse nine says, God is not willing, not willing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. First Timothy two, verse four says, God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. First Thessalonians four, verse three says, it's God's will that you should be sanctified. Do you see the, see the trend here? See the, um, see what what he the scriptures mean when they talk about god's will it's it's god's desire for us god has a desire for us and um we we um he has desires for us but we still have to pray so that he these things will happen so i don't currently i don't give thanks in every circumstance do you, any of you any superstar superstars here i don't currently give thanks in every circumstance but that's God's desire for me. That's his will for me. And so I know that I can pray with very confident prayers and say, Lord, make me more thankful. Please make me more thankful in every circumstance. And that is a prayer that is prayed in the will of God because the scriptures tell us that's his will. 
So all of these things I've listed, we can pray with confidence and say, Lord, uh, let these things happen because I know it's your will. So does that make sense? Do you, does that make sense to you guys? I like to think about it in terms of, of my relationship to my daughters. Um, Galilee will come to me and ask me about a hundred questions a day, maybe a thousand questions a day. And there's obviously times when I have to say no. Um, but my ultimate will for her, my ultimate desire for her is that she grows up to be a loving person, to love God and love others. And so when she asks me something, asks me for something that is motivated by selflessness, I'm very happy to give it to her. So the other day she came to me and said, daddy, can I have two yogurts? Cause I want to give one to Hannah. And I was like, yes, she's finally getting it. She's getting it. We, we don't just ask things for ourselves, but we should ask to, to help others as well. And so obviously I was very quick to get the yogurt for her because it was within my will that she grows up to be a loving person. So I think we need to think about prayer in terms of this. When we know God's will, that's when we can start praying firmly and praying boldly. So we know it's God's will for us to grow, to become more like Jesus. So we can pray confidently. Um, when we look at the life of Jesus, we can say, Lord, I want to become more like that. Uh, and all the specifics of his life, we can pray boldly into those things. So those are kind of my two main points is that the first is that God actually wants to give us answer to our prayer. It brings him glory. It brings us joy. Uh, he enjoys that. And the second is that we have to pray within the will of God. We have to, we have to figure out the kingdom stuff. What is the kingdom stuff that Jesus loves? And we got to pray for that. Not the maple leaves. Don't bother. <laughs> we need to pray for kingdom stuff. So, what are some practical starting points for us? How do we start? Um, one of the main starting points for Christianity in general, but, but for us personally, is repentance and confession. Repentance has kind of become a heavily loaded word. Um, repentance and confession. This was the message Jesus taught. Uh, this is what the disciples taught. And James, verse five, James 5 verse 16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So I've always read this verse as we, we might not get healed if we don't confess our sins. That's kind of how I've usually read it. But recently, I, I feel like the verse means if we confess our sins to each other, we become more righteous because God is making us more like him. And then when we become more righteous, our prayers are more effective. And then we can pray for healing more effectively. So I, th I think that's what the verse is getting at. That when we start with confession, we are getting dying to our old self and starting to live through the spirit, starting to live through Jesus. So confession is the way that we start that process of remaining in Christ. <laughs> confession is not easy to do. <laughs> if any of you know, if, one, it's very hard to just open up your soul and say to someone else, to another person, these are the bad things that I've done. These are, this is my history. This is the ugly parts of my past. And there it is. These are the things I've done. Um, but it's so important and so powerful. 
one of the most powerful moments I've had in my faith journey, and Julie will say the same thing, is when we just one day we just felt we have to confess our past to each other and all of our sin to each other. And it was hard, man, it was hard. But the amount of freedom that we had after, the amount of uh, the the things before that point, we had both been struggling with certain sins that we couldn't overcome. We actually couldn't get over them. We were stuck in them. And after that moment, we were we were totally free from that. We still, uh, yeah, that, that was such a significant, significant moment for us that cut off our old self and allowed us to live in Christ. So repentance and confession is hard, but it's so important for us to live in the light, to live in freedom, to overcome our sin, and to become, to, to have our prayers become more powerful. This is a big, important part of becoming more powerful in prayer. So confess, confession and repentance is a first big starting point for growing in our prayer life. The second way we can grow is by, like this verse says, aligning our will with God's. And we do this by reading the scriptures and by obeying the scriptures. Jesus says that you will remain in my love if you obey my teachings. So if we have these ingredients and we pursue them with all our heart, this will increase our prayers. This will increase the power and effectiveness of our prayers. So here are my challenges to you this week. If you've never had a moment where you've confessed and repented of your sin to someone else, to another person, I challenge you to do that. I encourage you to do that because it brings such freedom. Find someone who's really close to you, who's a close, trusted Christian friend, um, and confess the things you've done wrong. I think more, more than ever that right now the church needs to be clean. We've, we've let the church get too dirty. We've let sin just fester in the church, and we've been scared to point it out and scared to open up ourselves. I've seen people outside of the church more vulnerable and honest about their past than sometimes people in the church. And even myself, I know it's hard to open up. So I encourage you that the church, we need to be clean. We need to live in the light. We need to have consciences, consciences that are fully clean towards God. That when we pray, we know, Lord, I really don't feel that there's anything I'm doing wrong right now. I really feel that, um, that I'm in a good standing before you. And that will give us confidence to pray in faith and to pray in boldness. And the next thing I challenge you to do is to study the verses that I send out this week. There's, I put together a whole list of verses on prayer, and it can really shape the way you pray if you meditate on these verses. So that's another challenge. And the last challenge is start following up when you pray for people. If you pray for healing for someone, try right away try saying do you feel any better it kind of puts you out on a limb it kind of feels uncomfortable but try it out or if you pray for something that you think might take a little bit longer um, follow up a little bit later maybe start keeping track start writing down your prayers as well that's another just practical thing that can help you um, remember and hold on to your prayers so that's pretty much all i want to say about asking prayer there's lots of other aspects to it, um, but, but that's all we 